Our communion meditation is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So 1 Corinthians 11, and I'll start reading at verse 17 through the end of the chapter. Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you came together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Paul uh, taking pains to clarify what was going on in these churches that was out of accord with your will and spirit. And so we pray, Father, likewise, have us examine ourselves, uh, both as a church in what we practice, as as individuals in how we practice it. We give you thanks for your word and for this in Christ's name. Amen. So I've read quite a bit. It's busted up in my text in three sections, and I essentially agree with the way the sections are put together. And so let me just kind of give you a broad overview. From verses 17 to 22, we have him rebuking bad, appalling behavior at this church in Corinth uh, in celebration of the Lord's Supper. From verses uh, 23 through 26, we have him reiterating the origination of the Lord's Supper. So in other words, he presents to them, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're now doing that's so horrific. And yet, this is what you're supposed to be honoring. And then he goes on to give the judgment of the Lord's table, judgment and instruction. And so the teaching is all about correction. He's, he's correcting bad behavior. So first, let's uh, talk about this bad behavior. So he starts at verse 17, and you can tell he's upset right at the beginning. I do not praise you. And he goes on to say, you come together not for the better, but for the worse. And yet the whole reason we are coming together is to worship the Lord. I mean, we are coming together to bring honor to God. And yet by doing that, God blesses us. 
God wants us walking away from each church service feeling blessed. It isn't why we come. We come to worship Him. We're here out of obedience. And yet God is so very uh, merciful to us in pouring out His grace upon us that, that we don't deserve. And so He will bless us when we worship Him rightly. And it's obvious that that's not occurring here, at least in terms of the Lord's Supper. Now, in verse 18, he says, there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. So he's saying that what he's hearing speaks of these divisions. And he's saying these divisions most likely exist. Maybe, though, when people are speaking of divisions, they're always sharing from their own perspective. So he says, in part, I believe it. In other words, you always have to act with caution. People are always going to spin things, even if they don't intend to. They will spin things. It's just our natures to do that, to make ourselves look better than who it is that we're criticizing. There can be valid, valid criticisms there, but we tend to want to pile it on. We tend to not want to let the facts stand for themselves, so to speak. Facts need a little nudge in the direction of where we want them to go. And so he's saying, in part, I believe it. But then he says, there must be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. So in other words, Paul is saying, there will always be factions on earth, in churches. And he's saying that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because the degree to which a faction arises that is seeking greater glory and greater honor of God, that's wonderful. That's something we can all rally around. And yet there are other factions that are also going to act opposite. They're going to try to drag everybody away from the Lord. And so then we have to fight against that. But it's just natural that these things will arise. Verse 20, therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Now, they thought they were eating the Lord's Supper. That's what he's rebuking them for, for eating the Lord's Supper incorrectly. But yet, listen to what he says. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. So he's telling them, this that you're calling the Lord's Supper is a tragic, tragic error. You think you're honoring the Lord by this, and you are not. It is so far off that I am not even saying what you're doing is eating the Lord's Supper. Now, we know, though, that in truth, God is judging them for having trashed the Lord's Supper, and we'll get to that in a bit. But yet, Paul is so offended that he doesn't even want to call what they're doing a celebration of the Lord's Supper. They are so far off base. And he just says that one is hungry, another is drunk. Uh, You're hoarding your own food. You're not willing to share with others. Very, very selfish, very bizarre. So now there are two corrections to this that he gives. First is to root it in reality. The Lord's Supper we're celebrating for a reason. And the reason is that we are following in the footsteps and the admonition of Jesus. He's the one that established this. The very night he's betrayed, he establishes this practice, and he wants it followed through. And so that's what he's drawing their attention to. So from verse 23 to 26, that which we read pretty much or recite every time we're up here, that's what he goes on to emphasize, that the very night he was betrayed, Jesus demonstrated this selfless, sacrifice, not holding their sins against them, but forgiving them of those sins and welcoming welcoming them into his presence, into his arms. And it's so simple, bread and wine. Whereas they were feasting, 
And that isn't what it was about. They had gone way off the rails in terms of making this way, way too much about their own lusts, their own lusts for food. So that's the first correction. He anchors it in time, in the past. This is why we do this. Then he goes on to explain what has happened, why they are where they are. How did they get here? I don't know, but he's correcting them. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, he goes on here, and yet he still says... For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. So see, we want God's rebuke. We want God's chastening, even to death. Because he said, there are some of you that have fallen asleep. Some of you have died because you have so betrayed the memory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is taking you out. It's, it's gone so far. This church, is, it was just, you know, we think we have bad churches these days. This was a horrific church. And yet he has much to commend them for. They're big, they're growing, they're fast, but yet they have all of these bad things that are coming along, and he's wanting to correct them. Listen to all these words that are just in these few verses. Unworthy, guilty, judgment, discernment, weak, sick, dead, or asleep and that they must judge themselves, examine themselves. Therefore, in verse 33, Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. So see, this is why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm kind of starting a new series that I'm going to call Table Manners, and I'm going to tease out various things that we do that may be different from what other people do. And this is one of them. Listen to this. Therefore, my brethren, when you, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. We don't do that, do we? We come up here, heads of household, we go back there, and we just eat and drink without regard to the other families. It's horrible, isn't it? Many churches you go into, they're all holding it, right? They're all holding it, and they're waiting for that instant. Bing, then you eat. So now are we in sin because of what we're doing? Are we violating verse 33? Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Well, obviously, I'm going to say no. We don't think that we are committing some horrible sin by not waiting and eating in unison as one body. I think it's beautiful symbology. But I don't think it's required in fulfilling Paul's command. And I don't know. I mean, back in 99, whenever this was instituted, Phil kind of set this up. I forget if at Trinity we did the holding and waiting. I forget. But, yeah, Phil doesn't either. We have such horrible memories. So, so we don't know, frankly, what we used to do. But we know that a lot of churches practice that. When you came here, and I can, I've seen people, first-time visitors, you know, and they see people eating. It's like, oh, they're almost offended. And I don't really want to bring it up unless they do. But yet I can feel for them. It's different. We do it differently. The fact, well, I'm not going to go into more. But anyway, I wanted to bring up, though, aspects of the way we do the table that's different from others and show that we don't believe this to be an error. We're just exercising liberty. And so God wants us exercising liberty. And you all know that if we don't exercise our liberty, liberties tend to erode. So then it would become 
If we, if we do it like everybody else is doing it, people come, oh, they're pleased with that. But now we're doing it a little differently. And so it does spark conversation, or can, at least thoughts in people's mind. Why do they do it this way? They're doing it wrong, right? That's what we think. Different is wrong in our culture. Different is wrong. If you're doing it different from me, you're doing it wrong, because I do it right. That's how we think. We all think that way. We have to expand beyond that, though. Well, are they really doing it wrong? Let me think about this. And so, see, that's what we like making people do. And people don't like doing that. People don't like thinking. They resist it, if at all possible. Much better to work on instincts, emotion, passion. But so we have to think. And I believe our worship service tends to make people think. We are a thinking body. We try to make people think. And so that's just one illustration we'll get to more later. But so now, let's thank the Lord for this meal. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the correction Paul gave to these Corinthians. It is amazing that people were dying for having abused the privilege of the Lord's Supper and the means by which you wanted it executed. And so we pray, Father, that we would be receptive to your guidance, that your Holy Spirit would give us a check, give us a rebuke, if we're doing it in any way wrong. And so we pray, Father, for wisdom. We pray for insight. We pray for your spirit to lead us and guide us in how we ought to do it. And yet, we do want to uh, treasure the liberties you've given. And so we pray that we would not want to conform to other people's uh, desires, but to yours. So, Father, please, please enter into our minds, enter into our hearts, into our midst, and guide us. We give you thanks for your blessings, for your mercy, for your grace. In Christ's name, amen.